0: You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend Gray Williams. Our program is all about the world of uh, apps, whether that's your smartphone, car, TV, and the world of mobile technology as well. Today, we're going to be talking about a few interesting stories. One of them is uh, about the Pentagon down in the U.S. funding a study on using artificial intelligence to detect antisocial behaviors in text messages that 's not good, gray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All of those things sound bad,
0: they do you know, and it 's so funny. you know everyone just makes such a big deal about China, and you know they they 're tracking their citizens and you know social credit scores, but the u s is not that far behind, yeah, when you look at some yeah. of the things that uh, they 're working on we 're also going to talk about Disney their streaming service is raising their prices. Looks like the end of cheap streaming. I knew it would come one day, but uh, it looks like it's here. And we're gonna do a, a segment on what to do with old smartphones. I've got a, a couple old smartphones kicking around. Well, maybe we can give you some ideas to breathe some new life into them. But let's get to some of the uh, the mobile tech and uh, app stories uh, this week, Gray. This was kind of an interesting one. We've seen over the past few years. Uh, smartphone manufacturer samsung would probably be kind of the leader right now in folding screen technology they've just uh, released their latest the galaxy fold and uh, the flip five uh flip five uh is uh, the smaller one uh it's kind of my favorite uh but a youtuber uh, i think his name is mr keyboard he ran a test on the new galaxy z flip five to see how many folds it could do oh. So, I mean, they've come a long way with the engineering in these things. Great, I mean, they're just beautiful. I, 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 love it. If I were to go to an Android phone, uh, definitely I would get one of these uh, these folding flip phones. So, how many do you think?
1: Oh gosh, this this reminds me of the IKEA poang test. remember that was yeah basically sitting down on that thing. Um, I don't know. Right, are we are we talking five 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 figures?
0: I'm just going to put you out of your misery. Yeah. Okay. 401,000 times before it uh it bit the dust.
1: That's reasonable. That's reasonable.
0: It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever flip my phone that many times over I've, its life.
1: Like, you know, what is the average life of a smartphone? Uh I mean, I've got I've got sort of a nervous habit with things like that. Now, I would probably have that 400,000 in <laughs> about 2 years. <laughs>
0: Well, he also did a, a test on Motorola's uh, flip phone. Uh, it's again a folding screen phone. Uh, their Razer Plus, I think, known as the Razer Forty Ultra uh, outside of the U.S., but the Motorola's foldable screen phone died after just one hundred twenty-six
1: thousand volts. That scans from what uh, I, I had with my old Razer back in the day. That's, that's that seems on brand. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Anyway, good to know. Uh, you know, 400,000 times for the the Samsung, I think most people would never get anywhere anywhere near that. You know, especially if you're just
1: going to have the phone for 2-3 years. It's a far shot from when they first came out because do you remember there was like a, a plastic coating on the phone yeah. and I took it off the demo that we got? <laughs> oh, I yeah. was so embarrassed.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks Gray. <laughs> that was my fault. Uh, this is interesting from TikTok. That's one of the uh, the fastest growing social platforms out there when it comes to uh, video, little short form video. There's been uh, a concern about AI generated content or deep fakes. Well, it looks like TikTok is saying now that any content created through their platform has to be clearly disclosed that it was generated by AI or it's it's a deep fake and they've uh, added a toggle so creators can
1: easily do that. I think that's a step in the right direction absolutely yeah I mean you know first of all like reporting that as, a, as an end user that's a good thing um, I'd like to actually see a second category as well, which is you've got artificial intelligence and then we've got actual stupidity and you can just flag it <laughs> this was dumb. Uh, done by a human,
0: but stupid. But it's it's relying on the creators to do that. So there's a pop-up that reminds creators that they have to label content made by AI that shows realistic scenes. And mm. they're warned if uh, it goes against the rules it and it's not labeled properly, it'll be taken down.
1: Yeah, and I mean, TikTok's not slow on the bans either. So I'd imagine as a content creator, if you're using the platform and you're using AI, it's pretty easy. Like it.
0: Okay, I wanna talk about Lyft now. Lyft is uh, probably Uber's biggest competitor. Uber and Lyft are ride uh, hailing apps. They're kind of like the uh, the new generation of taxis uh, out there. Well, one thing that uh, users hate about these services would be the surge pricing. And if you're not familiar with that, It basically is this algorithm that kicks in. If there's not enough drivers out there to meet the demand of how many people want rides, it starts increasing the price of the ride. I mean, obviously, you have to accept this before you accept, uh, you know, the... uh, the ride and the price. But, um, you know, if it's like a snowy night and obviously a lot more people want to, uh, you know, use the service, it jacks the price up. And I've seen it uh, go up dramatically. One time I had to take uh, one out to the airport in the morning and it basically doubled the price. Usually it was about 60 bucks. It was like $125 because obviously there wasn't enough drivers out. Well, Lyft, again, this is Uber's competitor. They're planning to ditch surge pricing
1: nice yeah thank god it's, it seems like a key part of the whole equation of getting people out to drive though so i'm i'm curious to know what's going to replace that i i did have an idea though which is you know you watch the uber traffic and you see when surge pricing is going to come along and then we get a bus that serves alcohol call it the surge bar and you get in there so you can search people serve people drinks while they're waiting for the prices to go down <laughs> the surge bar, brilliant.
0: I I, I don't know how practical uh, that is. Uh, basically, Lyft is saying that it's grown their driver base uh, by twenty percent year over year since the pandemic. Uh, so they've uh, you know they've got higher levels of drivers now than they had before twenty nineteen. Hmm. So they're saying that there's enough supply of drivers where they will not have to have that surge pricing anymore. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Okay.
1: I don't know. I'm in. Are you? Well, I, I always have both the apps open, right? And if one of them is starting to go up, you check the other one real quick. I, I haven't happened more than once, though. Driver's on the way, and then suddenly the app crashes and search pricing is there. That seems sneaky to me.
0: Let's move on to our next story. Uh, the app formerly known as Twitter is now called X. Yeah. Uh, I know. They are giving advertisers new ways to control over what type of content can appear near their ads. Their overall ads uh, revenue down 50% since Elon took over. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because um, I, I think a lot of these brands are concerned about uh, the uh, volatility of the platform right now, and the concern of the rise of hate speech and other, yeah. what some people would say
1: is unsavory content. Like, we, you can actually track the increase in hate speech from the moment he took over. It is through the roof. He calls himself a free speech absolutist, and none of those words actually make sense in context as he's saying them. It's so frustrating to see a platform that, you know, I liked Twitter when it launched. I didn't like Twitter there for a while. Somebody was on it. When that guy got booted off, I liked it again. It's dead to me.
0: Yeah, it's tough. So, there's new sensitivity settings. Uh, There's going to be uh, a conservative setting, uh, which shows ads alongside limited content for brands with strict sensitivity thresholds. So, avoidance examples would be targeted hate speech, sexual content, gratuitous gore, excessive profanity, obscenity, spam, drugs. They then have the, I guess, just the regular one, which is standard. So it shows ads alongside a reduced range of content for brands with moderate <laughs>
1: sensitivity thresholds. Like, come on, if you were a brand, like, what would you pick? I hope I, I they have like a wild and crazy setting, which is just like, it is just.
0: Okay, so they do. Anything goes. They do. It's, it's called the relax setting and it's coming soon. I guess ah. apparently it's not available yet. Uh, shows ads alongside um, some sensitive content to maximize reach.
1: Oh, it's going to be a disaster.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Like It's a, <laughs> it's a slow motion train wreck. <laughs> it, it, it truly is. It, it oh. truly is. Okay, another story here. Zoom. We still use these, uh, these video meeting tools. Zoom is uh, the big one out there. They've got a new synchronous video tool to help avoid unnecessary meetings. Okay. I don't know how many people would use this, but it, it'll it let you send short video clips instead. So maybe you want to, you know, do a, a kind of a, a short video on some screen recordings on how to use a certain feature that people are having trouble with in the office. Yeah. And so now you, know, you can just record a short video with you talking. You can even edit it somewhat. It's called Zoom Clips.
1: It's it's, it's a little like sending a video clip on like a text message. Yeah, I like I don't know how many people would use that is that something you would use I mean again the example that you gave of like here's how to do the thing you know an in instructional um, I use an a app called mm-hmm right and it allows you to like record content and choose your takes and, and, and send it out to people and that is kind of like the asynchronous video tool that I use uh, I'm not really sure that Zoom's the place where I'd be looking for it right it's, it's a channel not a, not a tool yeah. Mm.
0: One more story here before we uh, go to break. Wall Street banks were fined over $549 million for not backing up messaging app histories. Wells, Wells Fargo down there alone was fined $200 million by the SEC and CFTC. The regulatory uh, agencies there. So they find 11 different financial institutions for using off-channel messaging apps. So these would be things like WhatsApp, iMessage, Signal and just basic text messages. So the idea with, you know, these security securities companies, they're supposed to keep records of all their communication. You know, typically like email and, and other kind of more official channels. But as you can imagine in our day and age, a lot of I guess a lot of communications being doing is being done over these messaging apps, which aren't, which they're not really tracking properly.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine this probably falls under Sarbanes-Oxley, Yeah, and you don't want to mess with that. So it's it's fascinating. Though it sounds like this is probably one of those things where it's more convenient rather than it's shady, or it's just it's more convenient and shady at the same time. But it sounds like people got lazy. The SEC
0: wrote in a statement: The firms did not maintain or preserve the substantial majority of these off-channel communications in violation of federal securities laws. By failing to maintain and preserve required records, certain of the firms likely deprived the Commission of these off-channel communications in various SEC investigations. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah. how,
1: how would you keep track of all of that? Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, though, it almost you're almost advertising the fact that you're probably guilty. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> most likely okay we are going to have to take a break I want to give a shout out to this cool contest we have going right now with Epson uh, we are giving away uh, an Epson projector and an Epson Tank printer as well you want to find out how to win go to our website www.getconnectedmedia.com and stay, d- stay tuned uh, later in the program we will be giving you a secret word that will give you extra chances uh, to win extra entries you're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike Eckerbo here with uh, Gray Williams. Don't forget to hit the contest page on our website, GetConnectedMedia.com, Giving away two awesome prizes uh, this month. One, uh, an Epson EcoTank inkjet printer. Love these printers. And giving away uh, an Epson projector as well. It's uh, very cool, it's a smart projector. No. It, yeah, so it's got uh, built-in uh, Android TV that uh, you can hook up Netflix and other streaming service to, services to it. So again, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Keep uh, listening, because we have a secret word that would get you extra entries into this contest. Okay, let's uh, talk about this really crazy story uh, that I came across, uh, and it was on Gizmodo. Pentagon-funded study uses artificial intelligence to detect violations of social norms in text. So it's basically being trained to go through things like text messages to see if you feel guilty or shame for something you've
1: done wrong. There's going to be no problem with this at all. (laughs) Absolutely no misunderstandings. (laughs) Absolutely no problems with the language models that are used to train it. And uh, of course, like... It's going to be able to take into account uh, contextual clues and, you know, sarcasm. Uh, This is—it's a little scary.
0: So the researchers uh, used uh, ChatGPT three, which you know we talk a lot about. Uh, It's created by OpenAI, and they uh, have a method of data parsing, and they they call it zero-shot text classification to identify broad categories of norm violations in text messages so <laughs> they're looking to see you know in these exchanges whether the the user is feeling guilty or shame about something that they've done and it's it's being trained in understanding and detecting what they call these norm violations
1: what, what I want is for them to progress to the point where we're not worried about norm violations anymore. It can actually decode whether someone actually means okay or I, I hate you for something when they reply with just, hey, that one's a mystery.
0: So the goal is to create a tool that can automatically scan text histories for signs of misbehavior. It uh, is funded by the Pentagon's uh, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency DARPA. They were mm-hmm. the the folks behind basically creating the internet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but they're regarded as a bad idea. But <laughs> it's it's concerning, isn't it? Yeah, you know it, it's it's kind of curious because they're looking at text message histories, which uh, in the end to end encrypted future that I hope we live in they're not going to be able to do that. So how are they getting their hands on these histories? Mm.
0: They, they didn't really dive deep in, into that aspect. It was, you know, the article, again, was more about how they're using AI to to create these, I guess, AI tools. Yeah. Too. yeah. But again, you know, we, we look at other countries with more authoritarian governments like China and, you know, how they're kind of looking at their citizens and almost creating like a social credit score type society. Um, I mean, what the U.S. is doing here is kind of going down that same road with this type of research when you think about it.
1: And and just the very fact that it could be observed will change the nature of how people talk about it. It's a a little like, you know, quantum computing science at that point. If you know you're being watched, something's going to change.
0: So if you feel guilty or shame (laughs) about something you've done, don't text it to your, your friends. <laughs> okay, so we've been teasing uh, the secret word for our contest. And this is, I love this contest. You know, we've got two prizes. One, an Epson EcoTank inkjet printer. It is beautiful and has big tanks of ink. So you can print thousands and thousands of pages before it has to be refilled. And we also are giving away uh, a beautiful Epson projector uh, as well, a smart projector. And the secret word, Shack. Shaquille, o- yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. He's uh, the spokesperson for uh, Epson. You see him in all the commercials. Uh, S-H-A-Q. And oh. um, If you go to our contest page at getconnectedmedia.com and enter that secret word, you'll get some extra entries into the contest to up your chances of uh, winning. When we come back from the break, this is going to be fun, Gray, because I've got a few old smartphones kind of sitting in drawers. We're going to talk about uh, a few different things. You can use those to give them a little extra life you're listening to the app show here on the course radio network back after this you are back with the app show mike agarbo here with gray williams we've uh, still got some more tech to talk later disney disney plus the streaming service hiking their prices some are saying the the days of cheap streaming are dead well i think that happened a while ago (laughs) so Mm. but we're going to talk about some of the uh the ramifications uh, of that and and why they're bringing their prices up. Probably not a surprise to a lot of people. Okay. Smartphones have been around for many years now. And, you know, if you're like me, you probably have maybe one or two kicking around in a drawer somewhere. Old ones that you're not using anymore. Well, actually, I have quite a few. <laughs>
1: because of the nature <laughs> of the business I'm in. And I'm sure you do too, Gray. I, I do, yeah. I actually don't like to open the drawer because it's just like, I there's so much money here and I can do nothing with them. So I'm excited for this.
0: First of all, before we even get into any of these, we'll call them uh, smartphone hacks, try to sell them. (laughs) Like, uh, you'd be surprised at how quickly you can sell, you know, smartphones on, you know, Craigslist or or Facebook Marketplace. You know, obviously, you'll want to reset them so it wipes out all your old information. But, you know, if you do get a new smartphone, sell the old one. Yeah. That's, you know, I used to keep them um, but now I'm kind of training myself to try to sell them as quickly as possible because the longer you, you wait, obviously the, the less value they are. But if you decide to hold on to these things, uh, let's start with the first one. And this was a, a great uh, article on uh, tech PP. So the first uh, one they suggest is turn your old smartphone into a security camera. And okay. so there, there's some apps that can help you do this. Uh, one of them is called Alfred Home Security Camera. Uh, another one, At Home Camera. And essentially, you would take your old smartphone, load that app on, and you know, load that app on your, your new smartphone as well, so you can actually view, uh, you know, the, uh, the the camera footage. But uh, you can basically stick that that old smartphone, you know, get a tripod and, and like a little case that can hold it up, and Bob's your uncle. You can use it as you know, a baby, uh, you know, a webcam, a baby monitor,
1: or just a security or a surveillance camera. I, I'm actually going to do that right after the show. I'm, I've am i got my mom's old iPhone 5S in my hands right now. Oh, that is, and
0: that's, yeah, that's back a few years now, isn't it?
1: I, I miss this form factor. Oh, so small, so beautiful. But security cam, I like that.
0: Okay, next up, we're talking about uh, uses for old smartphones that you have lying in your drawer. Uh, you can use an old phone as a dedicated music player. Just get uh, an audio cord and uh, plug a few pair, or uh, plug a pair of speakers in.
1: I, you know, I wish I could do that, but I've got my old iPod, my old iPod touch <laughs> doing yeah. that right now. There's no space.
0: <laughs> no, it's true, though. Like, um, you know, I have a Sono system at home. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's a few different ways you can interact with it. you know, of course, you can go to, you know, a smartphone app. But, you know, when I have guests over and if they want to play some music, you know, instead of making them download the app and getting that all set up, you could just have like one of your spare old smartphones sitting there and they could just go in and and play their favorite songs from that.
1: That's a good point.
0: Right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You're a Sonos guy. Yeah. See, I just gave you an idea. (laughs) Brilliant. Okay. Next up, we're talking about uh, uses for old smartphones you got sitting in the drawer. I'm sure uh, a lot of listeners out there have that. You can turn an old smartphone into a remote control. So there's a few yeah. apps out there, uh, like Unified Remote. Another one's called Universal TV Remote or or uh, Galaxy Universal Remote. These uh, these apps can uh, let you turn your your smartphone into a universal TV remote.
1: Now no, that's if your smartphone has an infrared blaster. Yes. On yes. It, right. This is true. Um, now, so, I mean, obviously, a bit of an Apple family and, and Apple TVs in the house. Um, the remote control center app, you know, where you swipe from the top right-hand corner. Yep. Uh, that thing has been a game changer for my parents because they lose the Apple TV remote all the time. The tiny little silver thing. Oh, it's tiny. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sure it actually has little legs. It just, they take off on us. Uh, but being able to turn the Apple TV on and off, being able to actually control it, you see to control it with the phone, great feature and so um, yeah, even if your phone doesn't have an IR blaster, if you've got an iPhone and you've got an Apple TV, you can control them.
0: Uh, this next one is an interesting one. Again, we're talking uses for old uh, smartphones uh, that are kicking around. Uh, I think a, a few of us have those. Use an old Android phone as a dashcam. Oh, so yeah. uh, there's a few different apps that can do that. Uh, there's dashcam apps. Uh, One's called Daily Roads Voyager. Another one, auto, auto Guard Black Box or Droid Dash Cam.
1: Okay. You I know, just ov- got myself...
0: A- obviously, you got to get some sort of mount to mount it in your, your car, but uh, yeah, it uh, it turns it into a, a Dash Cam.
1: And everyone should have a Dash Cam at this point. I'd say actually like Dash Cam and Reverse Cam that's constantly showing both video feeds is honestly the things that I have seen happen in traffic in the last two years, turn your hair white. You need to be looking around you. Having a dash cam is a good choice. So, yeah. Your goal. Uh,
0: you could also use an old uh, smartphone as uh, a game player. Yes, you probably want a newer smartphone to play the latest games, but you'd be surprised at how many games are still playable on uh, on the older uh, smartphones. And a lot of them uh, you can project to TVs. A lot of uh, smart TVs now have uh, something called AirPlay built into them. So if you're in the Apple world, you can uh, project uh, to your screen. But most, most smart TVs have some sort of projection capability. Do you know what I mean? Like you can download an app to connect a smartphone or tablet for that matter to, to the TV. So you could be uh, playing games On your big screen. Projecting them to the big screen.
1: Yeah. I mean, as long as it plays Candy Crush, I think it's got most people taken care of,
0: right? (laughs) Is that your favorite game? Better believe it. Uh, You can use your old phone with a nightstand. Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, have it as an alarm clock, clock radio. Just kind of have it sitting there by the on your nightstand, by your bed.
1: Oh yeah, there's a new, um, as in iOS 17, there are some new features, kind of like what they did with the Apple Watch. Yeah. So this is for when your new smartphone, which you get next month, becomes your old smartphone in about two years. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, another one, and I actually I actually did this. Uh, use your old phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot.
1: Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I got one of those cheap plans uh, through Shaw Mobile. You know, they're like the zero dollar plans and then you can just buy by the gig. And yeah. So my daughter, uh, when she was working in some areas, they didn't have Wi Fi. So I just loaded up with a couple of gigs, you know, ten, twenty bucks. And she could use that phone as a Wi Fi hotspot for the day.
1: It's kind of nice as well, because if you're buying other things like tablets, you don't have to buy one with a cellular radio in it. Yeah. If she if she got a phone that's a hotspot, that's a that's a smart move. I like that.
0: Yeah. But you know, again, I think my my biggest recommendation, you know, when possible, sell it. <laughs> sell yeah. your sell your old tech. You know, even if you can get fifty bucks or a hundred bucks for it, it's worth it. And you know, for you know the, I- for the Apple people out there, I know Apple's got this great program. You can trade your your older iPhone in. But yeah. you, you should also go on Craigslist or, or Facebook Marketplace to see how much you could get if you just sold it privately. You'd be surprised yeah. at the difference.
1: I Apple mean Watch obviously gave me 25 bucks for my Apple Watch. I got $100 for it on the market. Did you? Yep. That's pretty good. 25 yeah. bucks. That's not a lot. Yeah, it was it was an old Series 4.
0: <laughs> oh, but and they would still give you
1: $25. Oh, this is a while back. But,
0: don't don't forget to uh, hit our contests page up at getconnectedmedia.com. There's a link right on the front page. The secret word today is Shaq. As in Shaquille O'Neal, S H A Q. It's your chance to win uh, either an Epson EcoTank printer or an Epson projector. These are two great prizes, and it's so simple. Get connectedmedia.com. Check it out. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about streaming and just kind of reminiscing. The, the days of cheap streaming are over. Netflix, uh, you know, when the first came out, I think it was like $7 or $8, and they had just tons of content. Well, all of those prices have gone up dramatically. You know, they're all up around, you know, $20 now for a lot of these streaming services. And it looks like Disney Plus is one of the latest streaming services to be upping their prices uh, as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. You are tuned in to the App Show with Mike Agarbo and Gray Williams. We'll be back after this break. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Gray Williams. Going to get into the world of streaming. I think a lot of us have one or more streaming services out there. That's kind of how we get our shows and movies now. Netflix uh, was kind of one of the originals, but there are other choices out there. Disney Plus is uh, obviously contender. There's Apple TV Plus. A lot of them use Plus in their, <laughs> in their services. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of different choices. And it looks like Disney Plus is looking to raise their prices uh, as well. In uh, Canada, they are launching a new ad-supported tier for $8 Canadian a month, starting in November. The ad-free version with HD content for up to two devices will cost $12, and 4K content on up to four devices will cost $15. So the last two there, they're up 3 bucks from what their current price is.
1: This drives me insane. Does well, so um, the, the price increase doesn't drive me insane. What drives me insane is the fact that you think that just because I want 4K I need four streams. It's just me here. The cat and the fish don't stream. You don't need to give me, like just give me a cheap 4K package, right? And here's the thing. If I've got four streams, you're cracking down on password sharing. Of course I'm going to share the password because I've got three streams that are going, nobody's using them. I'm sorry, this drives me bonkers.
0: Well, Disney also uh, released some of their financial information for the quarter as well. Um, Revenue was up 4%, but they had a net loss of $460 million US from a year earlier, where they had a profit of $1.4 billion. That's
1: probably all the apology notes they had to mail out for Secret Wars. Yikes.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible. So uh, Disney Plus lost less money in the quarter, but the service is still unprofitable. And outside the U.S. and Canada, it lost subscribers for the third quarter in a row. Um, I guess the biggest in India, where more than hmm. 12 million customers left the service after it lost its rights to Indian Premier League cricket matches. That makes sense, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine that maybe there are some really dedicated Indian Star Wars fans and uh, and Marvel fans, but let's face it folks were there for the cricket.
0: So they also say, uh, Disney says they're, they're going to crack down on password sharing, kind of like how Netflix did, but yeah. probably not this year, more so in 2024. So they're okay, hoping, they're hoping that these password sharers will switch to paid subscriptions.
1: Yeah. Do you have Disney? I mean,
0: do you have Disney plus? I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm providing it to, it's gotta be like six different people. <laughs> Uh, do you find there's
0: enough content on disney like the the only reason i have it is because i think my kids who are grown up and are password sharing they they kind of like it but it's just like kind of to me it's like star wars marvel and pixar pixar
1: Yeah. um there was a television show called the owl house which was a kids afternoon show which there were three seasons of it it was great um, I watched on the recommendation with someone. I don't go looking for new television, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like I, I I watch Secret Wars because I thought it was going to be good, and then it turned out to, to not be. I, I watch my Star Trek, but you know I, it's now appointment television once a week. But where I, do you where do you watch Star Trek? Uh, on Crave. Okay. I I'd be happy to go back to buying higher definition, better quality versions from the iTunes Store. Because right now I'm paying for a bunch of streaming services and I'm not really watching a whole lot of streaming. Uh, if they're going to start raising prices, I'll check out.
0: But in your head just quickly, like cuz you have Netflix, do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've got Disney, you've got yeah. Crave. Yeah. You're up there. Like do you have other ones? Like other um, TV movie ones?
1: Uh there's one network that I believe it's called Bad with Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's my number one streaming service. But
0: it—it's just, yeah. It's going to come to a point. Like I have so much streaming stuff right now, and I'm just—I'm looking. Sorry, Disney. I'm looking at you, and I'm just—I uh, just don't know if
1: I'm seeing the value. You know, it's—it's it's funny. Uh, Netflix and um, Disney, I have on a month-to-month. Crave, I buy for the year because they've managed to to spread out Star Trek across the year, where it's like <laughs> I always have a reason to have it. That—that's good marketing. Yeah.
0: No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, It um, they brought back Bob Iger yeah. to turn, like he he retired. They brought in his successor. Things didn't go so well. And so they've brought him back to kind of turn things around again. I think he had like a two-year plan to do that. But now I think it's stretched for four years. Yeah. Because things, you know, it's it's competitive in the streaming space now. I mean, it's an expensive game, right? it's it's billions of dollars to create all this content and the content they're creating, right? It's like Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars. This isn't cheap stuff.
1: Yeah. It did seem like they were kind of greenlighting everything there for a while. And maybe if they had been a little bit more select, there would have been fewer things on the service, but the things that would have been on the service would be better. That goes for all of these things, these services. You know, whether it's the algorithm defining it or whether it is, you know, tea leaves, there's a lot of crap on these things. And you can only watch so many of these ah, paint my number shows before you're like, ah, I can't be bothered anymore. It's
0: it's funny all the uh, the foreign content on there now. Like, you know, if you've gone through all the <laughs> all the the regular stuff, uh, I know people that are watching a lot of foreign shows. You know, with the subtitles or or dubbed.
1: Yeah, which yeah, is I've, you know I've, which is
0: great for foreign TV and movie producers.
1: Yeah, I I, I um, there was a, a movie with Mads Mikkelsen where I, something about him going on about being drunk all summer. Yes. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where... Was that a Danish I, movie? Yes. Yes. And I, I can't remember the actual plot anymore. I remember having a good time watching it, but it didn't stick in my brain. And I think it's because I was busy reading styles.
0: So what do you think of the ad-supported versions of these these streaming services? You know, Netflix has got it. Disney Plus is going to bring that to Canada now.
1: I would need an 11-foot barge pole because I won't touch it with a 10-foot barge pole, right? Streaming got me out of ads. iTunes got me out of ads. I don't want to watch advertising on television. I'll I'll deal with it on the web. I will deal with it in the real world. But if you're interrupting the thing that I want to watch with a message from our sponsor, uh, it is not 1950 anymore. It's funny. I...
0: Have this app called Plex, which I use to stream the shows that i've downloaded mm. they've They've got a lot of free t v channels up there it's a lot of retro stuff, yeah, and so you know I had my my dad over uh you know I think last week or a week or two ago, and they had all the old Carol Burnett stuff, yeah, but it's they they run it in kind of a like a live format, kind of like t v yeah, and it was hard to to watch gray because. <laughs> They they had commercials in it, and you couldn't skip them or anything. You had to sit and watch the commercials. And I know you know a lot of folks, listeners, are still watching regular TV. But for me, who I download stuff or I, I watch the streaming networks, it was it was hard. Like it was, it hurt. It yeah. hurt to it hurt to watch the commercials because <laughs> I find you know when it's on these streaming services, they repeat a lot of the commercials. Yes, right because they just haven't really built up that business model yet. And so you, you start going insane after you've seen that same chewing gum commercial like 18 times in, in the half hour, do you know?
1: Yes, and, or they've played and the, sad they played thing the is, commercial I, twice, back to back.
0: Yes, and the sad thing is for these poor advertisers, I can't even remember that chewing gum, even though I saw it like 80 million times
1: watching Carol Burnett. <laughs> ah. Crazy. Well, adver- advertising on that particular style does not work.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested. You know, I, I'm going to talk to more of my uh, my friends about uh, the, the ad-supported side. I'm just, I'm I'm fascinated to see how many people go towards that. And, you know, obviously, you know, if you don't have the, the money and you want to keep uh, the cost down, that's what I might do with Disney Plus, to be honest. Mm. I might go with the ad-supported one. Do mm. you know what I mean? Like, yep. I know it's not a lot of money I'm saving, but, you know, it all ends no, up, time right? Time worth. Right, because I've got, like, Apple, and I've got Spotify, Netflix. Like, it's just... I'm up at like a hundred bucks a month.
1: Easy. They literally, ah, my time's worth more than that though. They literally couldn't pay me.
0: The interesting thing uh, with Disney plus is, and we don't get it in Canada. It's kind of, uh, the content's kind of broken up into other places like Netflix and crave is Hulu. And they've raised the price on that down the States too. They've, yeah, they've actually got a bundle for it as well to get more people on that. And they also bundle in ESPN, the sports their sports network that uh, Disney plus owns, but we just don't get that here.
1: Yeah. It it seems like they've kind of got the, we got the worst of, of all the options here where we don't get the extra channels. We don't get the bundling options. We just get the price increase.
0: I wonder how long crave will be around because they're, they're basically taking content from like HBO and
1: Paramount and, and Hulu. That's bell, right? So that's, yeah. And they've got, they've got deep pockets, but they don't, that's Yeah, but they don't know the access to the rights. They don't know the content.
0: Right? Yeah. HBO's making their stuff. Hulu's, you know, commissioning their own stuff. Bell just doesn't have the deep pockets to make American style quality programming en masse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what happens the next few years. Okay. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget to listen to our sister show Get Connected. It's on across the Chorus Radio Network every Saturday. And uh Once again, a shout out to our contest, giving away an Epson EcoTank printer and an Epson projector. It's a smart projector, two different prizes. So you've got a few different chances to win. Plus, if you enter the secret word, and again, the secret word this week is SHAQ, S-H-A-Q, you'll get some extra entries uh, into that contest to up your chances uh, to win. I want to thank uh, Gray for coming in and helping me out on the show today. This is Mike and Gray signing off. We'll see you again next time.